Good evening, everyone. How's everyone doing this evening? Thank everyone for coming out to Youth Night tonight. We uh, appreciate everyone being here and supporting them. The uh, first song we're going to be singing is going to be... I actually don't know what it is. Nathan, can you put it up and see what it is? 125, He Keeps Me Singing. If everybody would stand, start on verse number one.
You can be seated.
struggling through my life and the choices I have made. Looking to the right and left, trying to find my way. Coming to a crossroad where I caught a glimpse of Him. The Savior reaching out to me with hands that bore my sin. Well, no greater love was shown than on the cross at Calvary. So I decided then and there that the choice was clear to me. And I'll take Jesus. I'll take Jesus. Everybody, please stand. We're going to be doing page 114. If y'all want to go down to the second. Okay. 
We're going to start off in verse 1. I'm going to have the choir come down the second chorus. We'll have a fellowship then. Verse number 1. Praise the Lord, bless 
glad to see all these young people up here tonight for Jesus. Say amen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I was reminded of the book of Daniel where it said that the Babylonians went into Jerusalem and they besieged it and overtook it and they carried away a lot of the children. Listen to what it says. Children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding science, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and tongue of the Chaldeans. All of you young people, listen to this preacher. This world will try to change you from God to them. But you just stand for Jesus Christ all your days. And it says, it says that the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat. Can I say this? That all of this uh, men dragging, men in drag before our kids is not education. It's child abuse. That's what it is. It has nothing to do with educating our children. It has everything to do with perverting our children. Then it goes on to say, listen to this, all you young people, every young person in this room, listen. Because Daniel was a man who was probably a teenager at this time. And it said, but Daniel purposed in his heart Purposed. He lived his life with purpose. A purposed heart not to defile himself with the king's portion, nor his meat. You stay true to Jesus Christ and he'll always uphold you with his right hand of power. You always stay with him and he'll always protect you and be with you no matter what you may face. Uh, I'm, I'm supposing that all of these... Adults in here will agree with me that our children are facing very uncertain days. But I'm glad there's one that is certain. And his name is Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he will not forsake those who stand with him. Amen and amen. Well, Carter's chomping at the bits. He was wanting to get up here and just skip the special. Amen. And uh, I appreciate Carter. Uh, so how old are you, Carter? Oh, God. Ten, I'm going to be turning eleven. You can tell he's young. Amen. You get my age, you're saying, what age am I? <laughs> uh, ten, about to turn eleven. When you turn eleven? May 9th. Y'all might just have to have a big celebration that day for old Carter man. Ever since he's born and I've seen him grow, I knew that he just had a special place in the heart of God. And uh, he's going to be bringing our message tonight. Aren't you thankful for some young men that'll stand with a Bible and bring a message from God's heart? You come on, Carter. Hi. Tonight we'll be in Genesis 37:18. When you find Genesis 37:18, if you would please stand to read, to stand to honor the reading of God's word. While you're turning there, 
We are very familiar with the story of Joseph. Towards the beginning of the story of Joseph, Joseph has a dream that his family will one day bow down to him. It pleases his brothers and makes them very angry, which leads us to Genesis 37:18. And it reads, And when they saw him afar, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him, and cast him into some pit, and we will say, Some evil beast hath devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. And Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands, and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said unto them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit that is in the wilderness, and lay no hand upon him that he might rid him out of their hands to deliver him to his father again. And it came to pass when Joseph was come unto his brethren that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him. And they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty, there was no water in it. And they sat down to eat bread, and they lifted up their eyes and looked, looked and behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels bearing spicery and balm and myrrh going to carry it down to Egypt. And Judah said unto his brethren, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brethren and our flesh. And his brethren were content. And they there passed by Midianites, merchantmen, and they drew, uh, they drew and lifted up Joseph, out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver, and they brought Joseph into Egypt. You may be seated. Tonight, my message will be on God's plan. might not seem right at first, but God knows what he's doing. Now, if you would, turn to Genesis 41:25. While you're turning there, I'll go ahead and tell you what has taken place over the past few chapters. In Genesis 39:2, it explains how the Lord was with Joseph and he was a prosperous man in Potiphar's house. But one day, Joseph was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife and thrown into prison. While in prison, the Bible says that the Lord was with Joseph. While Joseph was in prison, he met the butler and the baker and interpreted their dreams. The two men forgot about Joseph until in Genesis 41, when Pharaoh had a dream and none of his magicians could interpret the dream. The butler then remembered Joseph and told Pharaoh about him which leads us to Genesis 41:25, and it reads, And Joseph said unto Pharaoh, The dream of Pharaoh is one. God hath showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good kind are seven years, and the seven good years are seven years. The dream is one. And the seven thin and ill-favored kind that came up after them are seven years, and the seven empty years blasted with the east winds shall be seven years of famine. This is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. And there shall arise after them seven years of famine, and all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine shall consume the land. And the plenty shall not be known in the land by, that, by reason of that famine following, for it shall be grievous. And for that the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice, is because the thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. 
Now, therefore, let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years. And let them gather all the food of those years and come and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities. And that food shall be for store to the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land perish not through the famine. And the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all of his servants. And Pharaoh said unto the servants, Can we find such a one as this man, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God hath showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto the word, thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand, and put it on Joseph's hand, and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen, and put a gold chain around his neck. And he made him to ride in the second chariot which he had, and they carried before him, bowed the knee, and he made him rule over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without thee shall no man lift up his foot, hand or foot, in all the land of Egypt. So Joseph went from being a slave into second in command over Egypt. If we read further on, Joseph helps Egypt with the storage of their food and prepares for the time of famine. Then his brothers come before him and bow down to him. If, if you remember what we talked about earlier, Joseph had a dream that his brothers would bow down before him. And what just happened? His brothers bowed down before him. And Joseph said in Genesis 50, 20, but as you, as, but as you, as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good, to bring pass to it as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now, you personally might want something to happen your way, but God has a different plan. For example, you may have wanted to get a good grade on a test, but instead you'd make a bad grade. God might have done this because he knew you might needed some help on it, so the teacher might go over it again in class. Another example is you may have wanted a toy for your birthday, but instead you get a book that you didn't really want. God might have done this because he knew you might learn something from it. One verse I would recommend memorizing is Romans 8.28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So, next time something doesn't go your way, remember, God may have something different in mind. That is all I have for you tonight. Thank you for listening. What I'd like to do tonight, I'd like to get all these young people to come gather up here around these altars tonight together. <clears throat> what I'd do tonight is get all these young people to come gather around these altars. <laughs> Amen. All you young people, come on. Well, just stand up here just for a minute before you get at the altar. They're worth fighting for. They're worth every bit of the money we give, the, the time we give, every bit of the effort we give. These kids are worth it. They're worth it in our eyes. They're worth it in the eyes of God. So much so.
And I want us to really pray for this group of kids that God would always have his hand upon them and God would always protect them. There's two, there's two men in this group that will stand out as no telling what God will do with them one day. They may be preachers of the gospel. There's no telling. There's ladies in here that can sing the glory of God down. And I'm thankful to be a part of their lives and to know them in this life. But what I want us to do, sis, you come to the piano and play us something. I want us as a church to gather around just as we prayed for Rick Oldham this morning. I think we need to spend as much time in prayer for our young people. Let, to let them know that we love them and we care for them. And that we will support them in not just a place to come and a, an opportunity to do something during a service. But we'll support them with our prayers, our hearts. I want these kids just to bow around these altars and I want the church to gather around them. Let's pray for them tonight that God would always protect them. Build a hedge around them as the word of God says. Y'all bow with me. Y'all come on. Thank you. 